Welcome to 3FM Meets, the podcast where the worlds of arts and entertainment collide. Join us as we dive into insightful and candid conversations with iconic stars. For our first episode, we're thrilled to have the legendary Holly Johnson, frontman of Frankie Goes to Hollywood, sharing his journey and reflections on what it's like being in one of the most iconic and successful groups of the 80s. Given that he's set to play on the Isle of Man this Wednesday, we asked him if he has any memories of coming here on holiday as a child, given he was just across the water in Liverpool. Well, allegedly, <laughs> my dad worked on the Isle of Man boats. After he'd worked on the Cunard lines, I think he was on the Mauritania, and uh, he was a, a steward, I think, and he used to go to New York and places like that. But then... When he started to have kids and settled down in Liverpool, he got a job that was a bit more regular and he wasn't away for so long. So he chose the Isle of Man boats. So you're nearing the end of this tour, this tour which has celebrated 40 years since Relax and 35 years since your uh, your debut and only uh, one and only solo album, Blast. How's it gone? I, I've really enjoyed it. The shows have been great. I've got a really good band. I don't think I've ever had such a good band since I've been a solo artist. And it's just been a really great reception, all the shows. There hasn't been one that was hard work. You know, it was just great fun. And, uh, of course, it is hard work on tour because of travelling and the hotels and and the being tired and not getting to sleep because you're so full of adrenaline after the show. But it's been really good fun. And uh, they're also lovely people that I've been working with, which makes it so much nicer and easier uh, to, you know, cope with. So you're playing all the hits from your career, from Welcome to Pleasure Dome uh, to Blast, as we mentioned before. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of hits. Is, is a Holly Johnson gig just one big party? Well, it's not all about it's not all about that, but there's a lot of that. But there's a lot of that. I try to keep it positive, but there's also uh, songs about you know m- memory and uh, in the set. I do a song called This Was Me that I sang for the film Everybody's Talking About Jamie, which was a West End musical uh, that got turned into a film and they wrote a song specially for me to sing in that film. So that's a, that all goes down really well. That's about remembering when we were fabulous in back in the day and... Uh, but also, you know, the problems we had uh, and things like that. So what are your memories of making Welcome to the Pleasure Dome? Did you ever envisage that it would turn out to be this absolute monster hit, which almost kind of spawned a whole genre of music off the back of it? Frankie Goes to Hollywood was my sort of project that took a few years to take off. So from about 1981 to 1983, the songs were written over quite a long period for the first album. And Relax was such a big hit here and in the UK and in Europe 
that we were thrown into this sort of European TV circuit promoting Relax for quite a long time. And we, we'd have to just record a bit here and a bit there. And a lot went on while we weren't even in the country because it was a, a record that was made during the success of Relax, which was quite huge, really. I think it sold almost 2 million copies in the UK. And because it was banned by the BBC, that gave us a, this sort of rebellious um, image. And wherever we went in Europe, France, Germany, Spain, Belgium, I think I even remember going to Norway on a promotional trip. Uh, you know, we were always asked about that, the banning of the record and the video and this, that and the other. So trying to make that record when first Relax was five weeks at number one and then later on in the summer, Two Tribes was for nine weeks at number one. It was difficult. It was interrupted a lot with the uh, promotional activities that we were sent on by the record company. When the BBC uh, famously banned Relax for having explicit lyrics, did you see that at the time as being good PR or bad PR? Well, I never viewed it in that way, really. I understood that, uh, you know, a high-profile record at number one being banned hadn't happened for quite a few years. And I understood the controversy that it created, uh, but I didn't particularly like it. Other people around us, like the record company, thought it was great because, you know, it catapulted us into this different uh, category where we became tabloid news and and they thought this was great publicity. Uh, I was a bit disappointed that we couldn't actually perform Relax on Top of the Pops when it was number one. Because that's, you know, every kid's dream, having a number one record and doing Top of the Pops. Uh, you know, if you wanted to be a musician in that era, Top of the Pops was the program. And we only did it once uh, with Relax uh, when it was in the top 40 and not when it was number one. So I had mixed feelings about it, basically. Uh it was good in one way, but bad in the other. It it put us in this category where we were scrutinised for anything controversial or ongoing in our future output. It affected the way people reacted to us and, and the media wrote about us, etc. Did you ever feel at the time that there may be other motives behind them banning Relax? Well, it all stemmed from homophobia, I feel. I don't think the BBC would have banned it if they hadn't seen the video and saw some sort of alternative sexuality going on. And it was people's imagination. There's nothing overtly gay in the song itself. Uh, but when people thought, oh, this is about gay sex, it suddenly, in their minds, became, you know, outrageous and uh, obscene. 
so the backdrop to this this happening, uh, Relax coming out, the BBC banning it, notoriously a very difficult uh, time uh, in history to be a gay person in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. Gay people had no sort of footing uh, or equal rights, uh, you know, couldn't get married, etc., etc. And the Isle of Man, for example, uh, only recently changed the, their laws, didn't they, about gay marriage? I remember reading things about the Isle of Man and someone said that we don't want the Isle of Man to become a centre of gay tourism because of the name of our island, which I thought was hilarious. So for everybody coming to watch you at the Villa Marina on Wednesday, what can we expect from from this set? Yeah, it's all the Frankie singles uh, and... All the singles from Blast as well, and a couple of extra tracks from Blast. We've made a special red vinyl limited edition of it, reissue, I suppose you could say, and a red cassette version, which is quite fun, I think. So I'm always curious to know, what does December look like for someone who wrote a, a beloved Christmas song? Now, I know uh, Power Love is not overtly festive, but it was a huge hit for you at Christmas, Christmas number one. And it's always played uh, throughout December. So people, it is synonymous with Christmas. So, yeah, what, what's it like? Well, some years you hear it a lot and other years you don't hear it so much. Um, you know, very often it's on in the supermarket or in a cafe uh, when you're there. So that's a bit odd. It's a nice song to listen to, I think, because it's not frantic. It's quite, you know, calm. And I think it's a beautiful song and it's my favourite to perform. But I always say before I do that it's not just for Christmas, it's for life. Thank you so much to Holly Johnson there for giving up some precious time in between gigs to speak to us for our first episode of 3FM Meets. We'll be back next week with a man who uh, was once a reality TV star. He's a, a very, very successful podcaster now, and he founded a confectionery company. So we're speaking to Jamie Lang next week on 3FM Meets. <laughs> <laughs>